Good morning, Boulevard Church. How y'all doing this morning? Um, if you didn't figure it out already, uh, I am Eric Willis. And for those of you who may not know, I'm the community director here at Boulevard Church. Uh, so the ads and the things that you saw in the beginning, I help out with the store aspect of that. So when they're asking you to uh, consider giving and uh, to anything you need for help, uh, we are there for you. So I want to encourage you guys to make sure that you are on your phones after the service. And uh, if you guys need anything, make sure you uh, text to help me so then we can get your order and we can get you taken care of. All right. So um, we're going to continue our series uh, in the three pillars series. And uh, basically to go over the three pillars again, it's our personal relationship with God. It's our personal relationship with our church and it's evangelism. So I'm going to continue in the uh, second pillar of our series with uh, your personal relationship for the church. And uh, Pastor Wes has already started a series called A Heart for the House. So I am going to speak on that. And what I'm calling this one is uh, building up one another. Um, I have three points that I'll get, uh, get into um, as we're going through scripture. Um, I wanted to make this a little more personal for myself. Um, because my particular heart for the house is this is how I operate uh, when I'm in any of the churches that I've been in. It's only been three throughout my whole church life. But the things that I feel like God has given me as gifts and uh, that's the love aspect of it. Um, I believe that's very important. It can be tough at times. Uh, typically, when I'm helping out with somebody, I'm speaking to them. Uh, sometimes I tend to be a bit abrasive um, as I'm speaking with them. Uh, but I believe we're in a place of understanding and it, and it helps me to be able to speak to them freely. The second part is encouragement. I believe that is the most important part of it. Uh, well, I think the third part is probably the most important part. But the encouragement part is, is equally as um, because we all need encouragement, especially nowadays. And um, the last part is accountability. Um, I believe accountability is very important. Um, I grew up as I came up in the church under a lot of different types of accountability. Um, you know, David Hammonds became a father to me uh, and he was very much about accountability. And I've taken that and just rolled with it, so to speak, with other people that I have with check ins and prayer and so on. So we'll get started. Um, so the first scripture that I want to uh, have everybody turn their attention to and your Bibles. Make sure you guys have those. I got mine. You better get yours. If not, I'm sure it'll be on the screen for you guys to read along with me. This particular section tends to be a bit long, but I think it's very important for, I think, framing love. And this is why it's important to me. So 1 Corinthians, it's going to be uh, 13, chapter 13, and verses 1 through 13. Give you guys a few seconds to uh, get your Bibles. You should have paper ones with you. If you don't, that's all right. We'll have some posted up on there for you, for you guys to read along with me. Um, and I think you guys should be there, either digitally or no. Um, so I'm going to start. And uh, so it's, uh, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I have become a sounding brass or clanging or a clanging cymbal. That particular point is important to me because... It's easy to talk to people and it's easy to tell them things, maybe flaws in character, things that they're working on, maybe how they're growing in the Lord. But if there's no love behind it, you're just making a bunch of noise. Typically, people will, will shut that noise out 
because they feel like maybe they're being criticized, maybe they're being, someone's being too overbearing or feels like they know much more than them. When our Christian walk, you know, Jesus loved us enough to die for us. He pursued us. There, there, um, there's the aspect of, of the unconditional and unfailing love of God that, that brought us to redemption, brought us to salvation. And so I feel like that love point is very important that we should uh, make sure that we're speaking to them with love. On to verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove or move mountains, right? But I have not love. I am nothing or it profits me or gains me nothing. I feel like that part is very important as well. And though I bestow all goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers all things and all kinds. Love does not envy. It does not parade itself. Um, It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. does not seek its own. It is not provoked. And it thinks no evil. Those particular, that particular run of verses is very important. And if you're honest, I think when we're speaking to people, sometimes we have an agenda. And when we love, I feel like that agenda goes away and you can just speak plainly to a person, right? Uh, Verse six, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when, <clears throat> but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. And when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. That particular verse would always speak to me, especially coming up as a man and as a Christian man. Um, I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. For now I see in a mirror dimly, but when face to, uh, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. And at the end, and now abide, uh, and now abide faith, hope, love, these things um, uh, that which are more important. But the greatest of these is love. Um, I know that was kind of long. Um, and a bit clunky there, but I feel like I want to convey the message of why love is so important. And that, per- that run of verses in my Bible is titled The Excellence of Love. And I believe that. I believe that it is, it is excellent to love. And why? Because when you're, uh, like sometimes when me and my wife are speaking, um, sometimes we might get into an argument. Um, I don't take and hold against her maybe any past things that have happened from before and because of the love that I have for my wife I can address and engage in the now I can talk about what's being talked about without there being the backlash or maybe the 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 ripples of things that might have happened from before and so we can speak plainly and it and it helps out a lot with resolving conflict because of our love for one another right so um the encouragement is the second um point if you're writing in your notes, which you should. Um, I think it's good for to reflect on later. I do it all the time. Um, so for me, 
encouragement is it's through a word or prayer. Um, I will tend to look around uh, when we were meeting in the building and I really feel like God would just sort of point people out to me. And so I would sort of mull over the word, make sure I understood it. Um, and then a lot of the times out of obedience, I would just go speak to that person. It wasn't always like that. Um, I feel like that's kind of exercising a faith muscle, so to speak, as I did it more. I feel like God trusted me with more. So I would go and I would speak to somebody. And, and nine times out of ten, what God was giving me for them was right. But more importantly, it was the encouragement part. I wanted to make sure that they knew like, hey, God is here with you. Whatever that looked like and whatever it was I was saying to them. Um, so that verse that I have for you is going to be in 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 through 14. All right. So I'm going to give you guys a moment to get there because I don't have to wait. I've already got mine already marked up. <clears throat> Actually, nope, it's this one. There it is. If I find the right tab. Right. So um, this one is important to me because this verse or these verses are in regard to leadership. Um, Pastor West, Pastor Versavia, and other leaders in our church are daily walking out this life. They are daily growing in their Christian walk. And they do more and more every day to draw closer to God, to help out those who are in our church, in a congregation. We're not all meeting physically right now, but a lot of us are seeing each other in video and that integrity never changes. Just because we can't be around each other to see how certain things may manifest, if you will, as we're walking through a church service or going through a church service, um, we are still operating in a place of integrity because people are always watching. And especially now in a social platform, we have a lot more people that would typically not come to our church, but now they're watching us online. And so as we're all growing closer in God, I feel like this run of verse is is important to remember uh, for leadership so again first uh, Thessalonians 5 11 through 14 therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing and we urge you brethren to recognize those who labor among you right and are over you in the Lord and to uh, and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their works sake be at peace among yourselves um, now we exhort you brethren warn those um, who are unruly um, comfort the faint-hearted and uphold the weak and be patient with all encouragement boiled down to me is this i want to come to you i want to speak to you if, if that's what god has or if you're doing that when you're speaking in love plainly to somebody and you're encouraging them um, as God is is working right as we open our mouth I feel like the Holy it says the Holy Spirit will give us utterance as I'm speaking um, and I have love I'm encouraging you I want to uphold you I want to help you if you're faint-hearted my my drive in that moment is not to try to give you some kind of elegant eloquent eloquent word it's to encourage you at your base and to say, hey, I feel like this is what God is saying or just recognizing that someone might be down um, right now. 
with the way things are going in this quarantine, you know, people have attempted um, suicide and people are depressed and, you know, alcohol consumption goes up and people find themselves alone in their stuff all the time. And I, I just had this conversation with um, my friend who cuts my hair all the time. His name is Jordan. So we were speaking and he told me how depressed he kind of is that he's not out working. Um, he's a very physically fit guy, so he's not working out all the time right now. He plays a lot of basketball. He's young. He's probably 23, 24 years old. And um, we had a really good conversation about what that looks like, that when he is home and he's by himself, he tends to want to self-medicate. And, and my response to him is always a place from like, you need to change that, but here's how. Right? When you're encouraging somebody, it's easy to just give them a bunch of why and to, to hammer in, this is what the Word of God is saying. But at the same time, if it's not done with love, I'm not really encouraging you. I'm just giving you a bunch of directions. And I think it's important that we, in love, encourage the people that are around us. And then uh, my final point, um, accountability. For me, that's always been a staple in my life. Again, I mentioned Dave Hammonds in the beginning. Dave Hammonds, when my, when my father passed away or before my father passed away, we moved here. Um, we left Houston, Texas. It was basically, my mom was like, just grab a pillowcase, grab what you can, we're leaving now situation. Came out here, really didn't have a father figure, uh, even though he was kind of there and wasn't in the beginning. When I got here, I really didn't have a male figure in my life. So I tried to latch on to different guys that I just knew through like maybe my mom's friends or so on. When I got to high school, I was trying to find other guys, but we all know in high school that that doesn't really happen all the time. You got more guys competing with each other and trying to be alpha males this and better at that and all that other stuff. So that kind of encouragement wasn't there. And it wasn't until I got saved. It wasn't until I started going to the Vineyard Church that I started seeing godly men doing things. Uh, David approached me. I didn't think I was fit for service for anything because I didn't realize exactly uh, what service was. But he said, you know what? You're coming with me. It wasn't admonished. He didn't beg me. He didn't say, hey, scripture says it wasn't God said this, that, and the other. It was, let's go. I think you'd be good for this. And I started doing sidewalk Sunday school or inner city kids ministry with David. And as I grew to love those children, as I grew to do more of those things in those neighborhoods where there's a lot of gang violence and uh, a child who I actually went to and was murdered because of that gang violence and because of paraphernalia of drugs and stuff. And as we're going for these kids, people flashing burners at us and they don't trust us in the beginning, but we're letting them know, hey, we're just here for your kids. I saw the integrity that David walked in and I wanted to be like that because I didn't have that in my, in my life. David became I still call him my dad. David Hammonds is my father or my dad. Um, and he showed me through accountability, through a lot of tough love, through a lot of encouragement, what it, what it meant to be a Christian man. I learned how to love my wife better. I learned how to be a better father to my kids. And David will tell you that that's not what he did, but I was, you know, I was impacted by that. So accountability throughout my church life has always been important to me because I can look to this, this gentleman, I can say to them, whoever it's been in my life, 
which has been several, which is important and it's wise. Um, hey, I'm, I'm not dealing with this so well, or I'm doing this. This is something in sin that I'm always doing all the time. And it's hard for me not to want to do this thing. Um, will you help me or them taking an authority and telling you this is how you can overcome this and then sharing their life experience. I have a group of five guys in my phone now that whenever things get really weird, when we're struggling through some stuff, when we're talking about things, when we need to vent, those five guys, LJ, Ron, Eddie, Tony, and Brandon, I know I can text them right now if I have anything going on and those guys will not only pray for me, but they'll intercede, they will intervene um, we've actually gone to houses when things have gotten really tough because we're there for each other. Um, and that's why I feel like accountability is so important. And um, that verse that you'll, you guys will want to go to is going to be in Galatians 6, and it's going to be uh, 1 and 2. And uh, I'll let you guys get there while I get there. All right. Um this verse is very important um, to me. I feel like um, I, I can't operate and help somebody in any kind of accountability if this, and then I actually have another one that I'll follow up with that I feel like are very important. So Galatians uh, 6, 1 and 2. Um, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, um, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you be tempted. And then the second verse there, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Um, bearing an, another person's burdens tends to be or can be, I think, difficult for people sometimes because we got a lot of our own things going on. We're, we're hung up on maybe right now with this quarantine and uh, with the governor speaking about next week when casinos will open back up. And that can be a very fearful time for people. Um, accountability to me is being able to check in with somebody and just say, hey, I know that this is a tough time for you. How are you doing? Are you, is there, you know, maybe not outright asking of depression, which I think is important to speak to them just mentally. Where are you? How are you doing right now? I know you haven't worked in a few months. How are you taking care of this? You have a family, you know, is unemployment taking care of you, etc. I think accountability, a lot of the times we want to over-spiritualize what that means. And I think accountability means more about like just check in with your friends. It's, it's okay to, to just call them and you don't have to have the word of the day drop a bomb on you for you to go speak with that person. It's, it's a simple phone call. I checked in on a friend of mine today and before we hung up, he just said, I appreciate you calling me. It was just to say, hey man, I love you. I hope you're doing all right. What's going on with you? We talked for maybe 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be long. And that was enough for him in that moment because he told me that's what he needed, right? So accountability is just checking in with people, right? So in Ecclesiastes, um, I didn't give you that verse. I'll give you a few minutes, or a few seconds to get there. It's Ecclesiastes 4, uh, verses 9 through 12. Um, this is important because it talks about the importance of having two together. <clears throat> and uh, and I, I believe the scripture will, will say in and of itself why it's important. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. That's important. 
Um, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. A lot, of, a lot of the times when we are in this Christian walk, it's easy for us to isolate when we are going through struggles. And a lot of the times we will believe that we are the only ones out of this circle of people. I can tell you that many, many of the people that attend our church at Boulevard Church intimidate me sometimes. And I'll tell you why. The depth of word knowledge here is incredible. I can, I can almost go to any of them. I can ask them a question. Not only can they tell me the context of the scripture, they can tell me why it was written. They can tell me who wrote it. They know the dates. And then the political parts of why this was important. And sometimes that's intimidating. So when I'm going through things, sometimes it's easy. Like, you know, for me, I used to tell people all the time, it was easy for me to be on my dolo, right? Like do it alone. I don't, I don't have to speak to this person. I don't have to talk to them. I'm a grown man. I'm going to work out my stuff on my own. Accountability is good. And it showed me that I can't work these things out all by myself all the time. Because then when you isolate yourself, that's, I think that's the prime time of when the enemy really begins to lie to you. And you start to believe those lies because you don't have somebody with a godly perspective or even a third party perspective who can come in and encourage you to say, hey, man, I know this is hard right now, but you have to look at the bigger picture. What's God doing now to grow you for the next season, time, for the next thing that he wants you to do, right? So, but woe to him who falls alone, uh, for he has no one to help him up. It's important that we help each other up. If two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone, right? Um, Though one may be overpowered by another, Two can withstand him. And therefore, a cord threefold is not quickly or easily broken. In my marriage, it is important that I remember in that threefold or that three cord aspect, that's three, that's my wife, that's me, and that's the Lord. As we are working out our own salvation, right? It says with fear and trembling, as we are doing our parts to get right in the Lord, it helps us for when we do come back together because then when the enemy comes and maybe a, a petty argument wants to, you know, sort of rip at our marriage, we've been married for 26 years. And it's easy to just kind of hit autopilot or just say, oh, this is going to be the outcome. But when you have the Lord, you realize that sometimes when you have those fights, maybe it's your own insecurities that you're just projecting onto somebody else. And, I, I, you know, that happened with us. And I, I had to understand the fact that as I'm growing in God, it's me being secure enough to go to him, go to accountability and have someone maybe love and encourage me to understand that, yeah, this happened. It's not the end of the world, but here's how you can grow in it as well. And, I, and that's why I believe accountability is so important. Um, other scriptures, you know, it talks about in James 5, 16, that we're to confess our sins to one another. Um, in Proverbs 27, 17, it's iron sharpening iron. You know, I, I really believe that that's important too, because without conflict sometimes, even in family, we don't go closer together if we don't understand how each other works. Opinions are meant to create dialogue. A lot of the times in churches with our families, we will say something, somebody may have an opinion that will contrast what you're saying, and as opposed to stopping to listen to have that conversation, 
sometimes we, we get a little puffed up in what we think we know. And, and we don't want to always ha engage in that conversation because, well, that person is just telling me I'm wrong. No, they're giving you another perspective of something that they understand as well. And that's why that kind of, 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 uh, of that, that, that roughness of the, of the chiseling away is, is good for conflict, but conflict should not breed contempt or, um, or make us upset with each other, get offended, but it should spark a dialogue. It should put us in a position to where we would want to talk to each other. And, um, you know, so I, I wanted to keep it pretty short. Um, at least I hope I did. Um, you know, again, love, encouragement, accountability. These all walk in tandem with each other. And they're very important, um, especially in church. Eventually, we're going to start meeting up again in person. And, and I, I personally cannot wait to see a lot of you face to face again. Um, obviously we have interactions in our groups and which I encourage you to get in a group if you're not in one during the week. Um, it's important to see those faces, but it's the physical camaraderie. It's us being able to be around each other and, and maybe it's a hug or a, a high five or you know a shoulder or whatever, like anything that we're doing to interact. Those things are important. But in this time that we will isolate or can isolate, Maybe because you don't want to go out. Maybe because you're a little bit fearful of the way things are with this pandemic and everything. Are you loving yourself, right, in the Lord? Are you encouraging yourself? And if you do have friends that you know, what kind of accountability is there even in this time when we're not together? I, I've, I've, I've really come to the, to, the, to the understanding in this moment that all the stuff that we've prayed for, more time, God, I want to get closer to you. I want to have more intimate relationship with you, God. I want to be able to understand your word more. I want to be able to get into my quiet place. You've been given months now, months to do these things. A lot of us are still working and that's okay because you, you learn how to juggle that um, with what's important to the things that you need to be doing and to take care of your family and all that too. But for those of us like myself who have been furloughed, or fired, or maybe you're just not working right now because of the circumstances, for whatever reason. What in this moment are you doing to get that intimacy that you want with God? What are you doing to draw closer in this moment? It's easy to want to veg out on video games. Trust me, I do it. It's easy to not want to get into your word um, all the time, but it's in that intimacy. I am, I am in this, in this place. I am loved. I am encouraged. And there's a whole lot of accountability in this word. And, and it's enough for me to self-regulate and self-manage. But I also am grateful for the people in my life and in my circle who I may not be able to meet physically, but we can still have that kind of encouragement and accountability. So church, I just want to encourage you guys, right? <laughs> um, I love you guys. And um, take some time today. Um, maybe you have a friend, maybe somebody that you haven't spoken to. I know, I know life can get busy sometimes with our own things, house projects or whatever. Call them up and just ask them how they're doing. You never know in that today, you never know what they need. And they may not tell you anything in the beginning, but start that. Start it because eventually you'll, it'll lead to those kinds of dialogues, um, which are important and really can help us through these trying times. So, 
I'm excited to see you guys again. Um, I know we're going to have some Q&A at the end, uh, so I'm, I'm going to definitely be available for that. And we can talk about whatever. I know the word kind of jumps around a little bit. Um, you know, it could be culture. It could be anything. Uh, I'm, I'm down for whatever in that moment. I'm here for it, uh, and I'm here for you guys. Um, so I'm just going to pray, and um, I'll see you guys in the chat later on. So, God, I thank you for these people, Father God. I thank you for those who are attending, will attend, <laughs> and are now starting to attend Boulevard Church and for the churches around this valley right now, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that we are in such a place, God, of, of being able to understand intimacy with you, Father God. And I thank you that in that, Lord, that you are giving us uh, tools, Father God. You are giving us things that we can use to give to those who are around us, Father God, to love them, Lord, to encourage them, Father God, and to be in accountability or help in accountability with someone else. Lord, I, I just ask that, Lord, that just as we go about our day today, Father God, or even through the rest of our week until we see each other again and up until that point, Lord, I ask that in this time of, of intimacy, Lord, that there would be growth, Lord, that it would be intentional. Father, that we would find ourselves, Lord, before you and to understand truly, God, how much in your word you really do care for us, Lord, that you are for us, Lord, that you love us, God. And so, Father, I just ask for everyone watching, Lord, that you would bless them, Lord. Bless the circles of people that are around them, Father God. I ask that as they may have influence, Father God, that you would help them speak words of wisdom to them, Father God, in encouragement, Father God, to build up one another, Father God, as we would and as we are in you in Christ, Father God. So, Lord, be with them today. And, Lord, just, just bless them. And I, I thank you for them. I thank you for this church. And, man, I'm, I'm, God, I can't wait until we can be together again face-to-face, -face, Father God. But, Lord, we, we understand and we love your wisdom in this, Lord. So just be with us today, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys.